got a question for you guys as you tune in today. I want to know how many safe drivers do we have? Got a couple safe drivers? How about, all right. <laughs> Whew, I didn't expect that. <laughs> well, how about this? How many people have had a little fender bender in their life? Anybody ever had like a little side swipe? And a couple tickets or anything like that? <laughs> Marie's like, like this, got both hands up. All right. That doesn't have nothing to do with anything. I just want to know where to park my car. <laughs> no, it does have something to do with it. But y'all might want to rearrange your parking space after you see some of the people raising their hands there. I'm just saying, pray for them. But you know, seriously, on the road of life sometimes, we can find ourselves caught up in some blind spots, right? And I pray, pray today that through the Lord leading, and just like we prayed early this morning for you guys, got here, been praying all week, Lord, get me out of the way so that your message can come forth unhindered by man in the power of the Spirit. And, I, and that is really my prayer each and every week. But you know, I want to kind of do a little correlation between our earthly body being the vehicle that we're in now, and of course talk about our heavenly body that we get when we come face to face with Jesus. And so I tell you, well, how many people are excited about that? Ready to trade this clunker in? <laughs> times, right? No? Oh, my goodness. But so, you know, today we're going to walk through a few, few things. We're going to be talking about our earthly bodies, and we're going to be talking about our purpose. Amen? I know I talk to a lot of folks, and sometimes they say, man, I'm still trying to find my purpose. I believe we're going to look at seven things that will help you find your purpose as you seek the Lord. And then ultimately, y'all ready for this? A little wake-up call. Wake-up call is not a bad thing, is it? Because you know what? When I share things like this, I want to make sure that you understand it's not to scare you. It is to prepare you. I want us all to finish big. How many people want to finish big? I want to finish good. I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. I want to make the course corrections now. So when I get there, I go, I ain't know nothing about that. Right? But I wanted to tell you this. When you've got a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what secures us in our relationship in the family of God. And when we take our last breath here, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord, okay? So that's what I want you to hear as we take off today. So I want to read our scripture. We've got a little bit of reading to do. If you've got your Bibles, you can follow along. I usually try to put the key scriptures up on the board, okay? So we're going to take a look at this. This is in 2 Corinthians 5, 6. So we are also confident, even though... We know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. How many people can say, amen, we're just passing through? Amen. I'll tell you what, aren't you glad that as good as this life is, this is just a glimpse of what God's got for us. I'm going to tell you what, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to see my daddy. I can't wait to see my granddaddy. I can't wait to see David. I can't wait to see all of them, man. A whole lot of people that, that I, I would love to meet and hang out with. And I tell you what, I can't wait to see all of us. And we don't have the aches and pains and the bumps and bruises. Man, come on now. I'm telling you what. So we've got something to look forward to. Christ's return and being ready for that. So today, you know, this life is so temporary. But you know, it's fragile. Do we ever think about that? You know, when, we, I, when you're 20, you don't. I can tell you that from, from my experience. Man, I was running, jumping, swinging, everything else, all that. When I was 50, I said, what were you thinking? Right? <laughs> Man, so I know today that, you know, sometimes we do get a little scuff marks. Sometimes we do miss the mark. Sometimes we, 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 we run astray and things like that. But you know, don't you know that God's love is so good and so full of grace and so caring that he draws us to himself? And my prayer today is that God draws us to himself and has his way in our hearts through this message. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to do a little reading. 
And uh, kind of do the preaching and teaching. I love doing that. And we're going to talk about it as we go through. So we just started this here on verse 6. I'm going to hit it again. So we are always confident. Now I want you to look how many times that Paul talks about being confident. Even though we know that as, as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Now we hit that a little bit. Are you confident that this is not your home as a believer? You know, we're coming through. Now, we got, we got some chores to do, as my dad would say. We got some chores to do while we're here. That doesn't get us to heaven. But because we're saved, right, and because we're saved unto good works, God is, is, is I'm going to say counting on us, but I'm going to say giving us the opportunity. Because if you don't do it, somebody else will. But on that day, you're going to wish you did. All right? Well, let's keep on going. So we're just passing through because we're not at home with the Lord just yet. I'm talking to believers now. For we live by believing and not by seeing. So we're walking by faith, not by sight, right? Yes, we are fully confident. How do you feel when, you, when you're fully confident? I'm not talking about being cocky, but when you're fully confident, you got peace. You can rest. Are you fully confident in your salvation? It's not by works. It's not by what you did. It's by putting our faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did. I'm not talking about mumbling a prayer in the back. I'm talking about coming to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Putting your faith and trust in it. We're going to get real today, guys. This is time. We're going to, man, we're going off the, off the milk to the meat, all right? all right? Let's keep on rolling. Look at this. And he says, fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. I had an opportunity yesterday and a lot of times I have these opportunities um, to talk to folks that are getting ready to leave this world and go into the presence of God as believers. And I had not seen my friend in some time, and he had been battling cancer, and I got a call from the family to stop by. And man, I've been working this message all week, and my heart was heavy. And I reminded him, that's just your earthly body, brother. You know, I know that you know what? We never know who's going to leave this place first. But I'm going to tell you what, you're not going to have to worry about that no more. As I said, this guy's a guy a size of, of me, about my age, been battling cancer for six years, and in the last little bit, it's got very tough. And his arm is about as thick as my hand right there. This is temporary. He's going to cash in on a new body. He knows the Lord. And I want to keep encouraging them and encouraging the family. You know what? These earthly bodies will let us down. But let me tell you, we got a home in heaven with the Lord when we know him. Let's move to nine. So whether we are here in the body or away from this body, y'all read this with me right here. Our goal is to please him. Man, we're going to be, we're going to be driving that home. Our goal while we are here is to please the Lord. Now, that's great if you can please your, please your boss and your wife and your husband and, and everybody else. But I believe if we're pleasing to the Lord, everything else will fall in line. All right? Let's keep on going. For we must, this is where we're going to get to now. Just, just file this back for a minute. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. You say, well, buddy, I, I'm saved. Why am I going to be judged? Listen to what I say, okay? I'm going to repeat this many times. There's a point that a person once died, then the judgment. There's a judgment for non-believers in front of the great white throne judgment. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the judgment of believers. It's before the Bema seat. I might be getting ahead of myself, but I just want to make sure we're clear on this. Now, the Bema seat, when they had the, the, the way back in the stadiums and way back in the, in the biblical times, 
they would have the bema seat standing up like this, like the judge's seat. And then when they would finish the race, how many people are running the race for the Lord? They would bring them up there to give them what? Rewards. Did they give them torture? No. Rewards. The bema seat is a judgment for the believer that has nothing to do with our salvation. Our salvation is secured. But it has everything to do with our works. Y'all with me on that? Because he saved us to do good works. You're You're not... Getting to heaven because of your works, you, you want to do what God called you to do because you love him. Am I clear on that? And through that, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but, but through that, we will be given the opportunity to have our works and motives tested by fire. What happens to, way, to, to wood, hay, and stubble under that? It burns up. What happens to gold, silver, and precious stones? That would be the right motive, right? It shines even brighter. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. I want us to finish big. So when we come before the Lord and give account of our lives, right, that we shine for the Lord, that we have crowns are given to us to cast at the feet of Jesus, not to wear bling, but to honor God with those crowns. There's five crowns. I don't have time to go into them today. If you've got any questions on this, grab me at the door and we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll do a Bible study on some of this. But today, this is really on my heart. So what does it say? For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we would deserve for the good and evil we have done in this earthly body. Okay? Now, I want to talk to you a minute. A lot of times, I ask people this, are you ready for the Lord to return? Woo! All right. So right now, we're ready to stand before the Lord with our works and everything, and we say, this is the best I can give you. Just saying. I'm thinking I'd like to make a couple of more course corrections. You might be ready to row and all that, but we are looking forward to God coming back. And we are secure in the Lord Jesus Christ, but we want to finish big, right? We want to finish big. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead to the next area there. Click me there, Tim, if you would. I appreciate it. We talked a little bit about those earthly bodies. Let's just talk about things from an earthly perspective, right? And you've heard this many times. Maybe there's somebody that's passed away and they lived what we thought was a a long life, you know, full life. How many people have any idea? I just looked this up. It said 2016, this this was the average lifespan in the United States. Guess what it was? Somebody says 80. Do I hear 80? 80? Do I hear 81? 81? 75. All right. I've got a little something in there that I did not get out that I asked y'all about that rope. I want to talk about that, Tim, while we get it. I appreciate it. Do you know that they said in the 2016 study that 78, it's, the, the, it's 78 and three quarters years. Let's just round it on the nice side for 79. 79, right? 79, it should be in the front of, it should be in the front of my bag there. Yeah. And so think about that. We, we think, well, it's a long lifespan. Well, you know, I know in my life, I was like, man, I'm at 50. I look at things a little bit different. It's on a pen rolled up. It was in the front part of that bag. I apologize, guy. But think about this, a long, full life. Think about a full life, too. Now, I sat down with the guys at work the other day, and they told me, here you go, Mike. Thanks, man. Come here for a second. This is one of the guys behind the scenes. I can't do nothing without these guys. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate these guys. But I was talking to the guys at work the other day, and, and I love just talking to folks about, you know, things of the Lord. 
And sometimes they get the, they get the heads up. They go, oh, he's going to be preaching on this this week. Right? They'll probably be watching. Oh, you know. But what I want to talk about is our lifespan. And this is the best way. I've used this before. I did not come up with it, but I think it's a great way for, to show a great analogy of our lifespan. How about I, I share that with you? All right? So what I want to do is, if you can just work with me a little bit. Now, let's see. Excuse me, young lady. Would you like to be helpful today and just unfold that right there? You're doing good. You're doing good. You're do- <laughs> she said, you're roping me in. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I love my church family. Now, for just a minute, guys, I want you to imagine that this is your, let's say, 79 years. You may get more, you may get less, okay? That's our lifespan in our earthly bodies. Everybody good with that? Now, I want you to imagine this is eternity. It goes down here, it goes down the road, everything. I mean, it's over here. I don't want to step out of the camera. I mean, it goes way and way and way and way and way and way and way around the road, right? Think about that. So what I'm talking about today is in our earthly bodies. You hear some people say, man, I can't wait till I get about right here. I'm going to retire. My boat's going to be paid for. I'm really going to start living right here. Hmm. What happens if you don't get that far, Right? Well, you know, I'd like to go to church and everything, but I, I tell you what, I got so much going on and, and the kids are in ballet and, and little Johnny's got, he's, you know, he's on the travel team and all these things. All, but once we get this straight here, once the summer comes, you know, I can, I can get back into church, get back into church. Tell your wife you're going to get back into the relationship of marriage and see how that goes for you. I'll be praying for you. All right. <laughs> it's not jumping in and jumping out. It's a relationship. So think about this. What we do here determines how we live there. You with me? How we serve here, what we believe here, impacts how we spend eternity. Now, I don't know about you guys. Every time I have a birthday, I push off what what is old about five years. So when I'm thinking 50, I'm saying, well, man, you know, I remember when I was a kid, when my grandma was like 60, I thought, oh, my gosh, she's so old. When I was a kid. And then I got older. I said, man, Granny, was, she was in the game. She could walk to the A&P store and all that stuff. She's in better shape than I am at 50. But as I get older, I find out this, man. So many times in my life, I go, my goodness, what am I thinking here? I said, man, my brain thinks I'm 29. My humor is more like 12. And my body many times turns around and says, you feel like you've been dead for three days, boy. Yeah. Amen. Is there any truth to that sometimes? So with this, I used to take this, but I can't do it because I don't have much rope left. I used to take this. I said, how old are you? They say 50. I went, boom, cut it in half. Look how much time's going by. So think about this. See, people say, man, buddy, you're just crazy, man. You, you know, what about this? You're doing, you're giving, you're doing all this stuff, and you just spend so much time with, with church and everything else, man. You know, but I said, no. I think you're crazy because you know what? You're just living this life like whatever, and you're going to stand before the Lord one day. Right? And I want them to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I want to talk to you about that a little bit today. But right there, just keep that in your mind. I appreciate that. And I did rope you in. You did good. (laughs) She's holding. So when I talked to the guys at work, I said, well, well, tell me about this, you know. And I I started, I said, you know, uh, I've I've done many a funeral. And, you know, somebody said, well, you know, such and such was 90 years old. And usually they said, you know, grandpa had a long and full life. Yeah. So what's a full life? Think about that. What is a full life? So I asked the guys the other day, we have a 715 meeting every morning, right? And I'm sitting there, and this is what I usually see. Got the phone. 
Got the phone. I could tell you everybody in my group that's balding, because all I see is the top of their head. Like that, you know? And then I go, hey, what's going on? Go, hey, what y'all do exciting last night? What's going on, you know? I like to have that, that real FaceTime. So I said, guys, I want you to help me with the message this week. It's funny because he goes, okay, they're getting ready. Put me in, coach. I said, name a few things that you think when you think of somebody having a full life. Tell me a few things that you think about that you guys can jump into. So the first thing they said, oh, happiness. That'd be good. Long, full life. Being happy. Okay. What about this? Other guys say, hey, wealth. Wealth. Got to be able to take care of your family. Wealth. I said, that's good. How about this? Contentment. I'm going to live a life that's contentment. I'm content. Did God call you to live a life that was content? He said, I'm going to save you just so you can be happy, sit on the sidelines. Mmm, didn't read that. Let's keep on going. How about this? Family. These aren't bad things at all. But let's just, I want to put, I'll set the stage for this. So you know what? You know what? You want to take care of your family? Hey, want to treat our friends right? I said, that's good. Want good health? You know, absolutely. How about security? Yeah. You know, you want to make sure the 401k is right and everything else like that. How about, how about the accomplishments, right? All those things. So, so in our earthly bodies, would you say that's a fair assessment? I, I imagine there's some probably other ones, but that's pretty good. Anybody got something else that I didn't have you want to share? So think about a long, full life. We think if, you know, if I had a long, full life, if I was happy, if I was wealthy and I was content and my family's cool and my friends are good and I'm healthy and I'm, se I'm secure, right, in, in my finances, that's what they were talking about, and then all my accomplishments, I would consider that a pretty good finish, right? What's the title of our sermon? Check your blind spot. Check your blind spot because many folks, including myself, I think back before I gave my life to the Lord, what was I thinking? Well, gosh, they got a new car out. I think I'll save up and get that. You know, I really would like to save up and get a bigger house. Can I tell you this? I'm not preaching against stuff. I just want to make sure I got everything in order because I want to give account for it. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm saying here. Hey, man, yes, we want health. We want, we want all these things are great. But what I want to see here is as I continue to talk about this at work and with other folks in our earthly bodies, you notice nobody ever said, I want to do more for my church. Nobody said, man, I, you know what? I want to go down as a soul winner for Christ. I'm not picking on anything, you know? You know what is interesting to me? I don't always read the death notices. Usually I, I just pull them out when I'm getting ready to do something. I, I, it's pretty interesting when they'll say, Uncle Fred passed away. He was, uh, you know, he was really into NASCAR. He shot four does and three bucks, and he, had, he made turkey calls and everything else. And, boy, he loved to drink on, on Saturdays and watch the races. We are going to miss him. And I go, wow. Me and Mike's talked about this sometimes. We always look at it and it's like, man, never even one word in that paragraph about the Lord. You know? Now, that doesn't mean that, that he didn't know the Lord, but, but you know what? Don't waste the ink on buddy when my time comes. If you do put something in there, talk about Jesus. Amen. You know what I mean? Say, he was here. He's gone. Where would you be if we were reading? You know what I mean? Put the gospel out there. Boom. Because my life's not going to change their life in that aspect of me. Yo, boy, he sure liked to play the guitar. That ain't going to do anything for you. 
I'm not saying you can't have fun. I'm not saying you can't have happiness and wealth and those things. I'm, I'm setting the stage so that we see what God has for us. Everybody doing good? So none of these things are bad things, man. And family and friends. See, the thing about family and friends, I want to live with my family and friends forever. How about you guys? I want to see my mother's legs straight. I can never remember my mom's legs being straight. My, my mom's legs are bowed like this. She'd probably be 6'1". She's like five foot. But I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> but she don't complain. She don't complain, but she ain't going to no doctor, I can tell you right now. She ain't going to, but you know what I'm saying, I, I want to see that, man. I want to run again with my dad. I want to race with my dad. I think I can get him this time. I tell you what, man. One time we were running at a baseball game. It started to rain. They called the game, and my pops had his little geek pouch on there and his hat on sideways, and they thought they started that. All the other young folks. My dad was doing that for years. His head's on sideways. Two in the back. I said, let's run to the car. He said, you ready? I said, yeah. He was gone, man. I was like, <laughs> Pops was pulling away, pulling away with his hand, pulling his pants up like this. I was like, I cannot believe this. And those guys were like, your dad just whipped you, man. Oh, man, wouldn't it be good to see our loved ones again and have some good times, man, and be in the presence of God. So if we want to live a full life, I think we need to be about the things of God. Amen. None of these are bad. But you know what? If we get the right thing, the first thing straight, seeking the Lord first, these things will follow, okay? These things will follow. So, you know, look at this. Um, I, I had some more notes, and I, I'm just going off my heart today. You know, I, I want us all to hear, well done, good and faithful sermon. Look at this in Matthew 25, 23. I'd like to give you scripture about that. Here it says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful sermon. You have uh, been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Are you faithful with what God has given you? We usually think of stuff. What about your time? What about your serving? What about that? When you come in and we're going to serve, we go, oh, man, I got to play guitar again today, man. My guitar's messing up. I'm going to have to get Mike to fix that. Oh, man, I don't know what's wrong with that wire. You know, what happens if Tim comes in and he goes, oh, you know, I'm so tired of setting this stuff up. Guess what? That shows our heart. Man, I pray that this calibrates our heart today. We say, Lord, I don't got to, I get to. You see what I'm saying? I don't got to, I get to. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to serve you because you bless me. You've given me the opportunity to play the guitar. You give me an opportunity to pastor. You give me an opportunity to hug on all these people when they come in here. Man, I'm excited about that. I don't dread coming to church. And I don't just don't dread coming to church just because I'm the pastor. And there's probably some days you probably would, right? But I'm telling you, I look forward to coming, to seeing you guys and getting to share the word of the Lord that he gave me each week because I want to lift you up. I want us to finish big. I want us to have the gold and the silver and the precious stones to lay at the feet of Jesus. I want you to have a lot of crowns. I want you, well, somebody, y'all can get loud if you want to, right? I want you guys to be blessed. But I got to tell you the whole story because I don't want anybody to get half the story. I want your full reward. Amen. Let's keep on going here. Look at the scripture we got at the bottom. So we're always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. So if we don't have some of these things, it's okay. Right? I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to wear this whole body out, man. I'm going to wear this whole body out. 
They just give me them two new knees. I'm ready to walk for Jesus. It don't matter. I don't care. I'm telling you what, the Lord has started a fire in my heart as I continue to go back through this message, reminding me of my calling, reminding me that I'm accountable to put this word out here, reminding me that he loves me. He loves you. Reminding me that I'm saved by grace through faith, not that of myself. It's a gift of God. There's nothing I can boast about. It's about doing what God has for us. How many people want to do what God has for them? Sometimes is it confusing? Let's be honest, sometimes it can be confusing. I think we're going to get to some stuff today that will help you find some of those answers. Amen? So how many people want to dig in? I want to take this and break it out in about seven uh, tools that will help you. So you can write some of these things down, okay? We're going to talk about purpose. A lot of times when I, when I preach and talk to people and, and I talk to them, I say, man, they say, wow, I'm trying to find my purpose. You ready for this? Put the P down. And here we go. What is your passion? I talked to some friends last night, played some music and everything else. And one of my buddies that I've known for a long time, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He used to be a banker. He owned his own uh, insurance business and everything else. And I, and I was talking about the kids and talking about what's going on at church and everything. And talking about Jesse going into business and doing different things. And, and, and he said, well, man, buddy, that guy right there is the best business guy I've ever seen. I said, bud. He said, hey, let me tell you what. Don't let him fool you. I said, bud, I said, I want to talk to you about business. He said, you don't need to talk to me. He's kind of shy about it. But see, I know that he knows. He knows people. He knows how to work things and everything else. But now, the reason I say all that, I said, what would you tell my son if you talked to him? He said, that's easy. Find his passion. Come on now. He said, you, tell him to find his passion. If he finds his passion, he'll never work a day in his life. You heard that before. What about our walk with the Lord? Have you found your passion? What is, what is passion? Think about this. I was thinking about this. This is what I look at. Passion is something that you will work overtime and don't worry about getting paid to do it. You do it anyway. You know? When I was playing music and stuff like that, I got so excited they would pay me at the end of the night. I'm thinking I would do this for free. I was just kidding. That was a long time ago. Because they said, really? Okay. you But I mean, I love playing music. There's nothing wrong with making money doing that. You, you know, your worker is worth his wage and all that. But what is your passion? Think about that. Ask God about that. Here's something else. Where am I unfulfilled? I want to I dig into that. We need to evaluate our life, man. Maybe it's just a season. Maybe I'm in an area and I go, man, I just hate doing this. I don't want to play no more. Maybe you're in the wrong business. Or maybe God's going to show you something while you're in that place. Right? teach you that lesson in that place so that you can apply it. But think about that. Evaluate it. Why, you know, why am I coming up empty? Uh, is it because my motives are wrong? Help me see the big picture. You know, Lord, Lord, help me see the big picture. What about this? I'm going to pick up speed here because I've got a lot to cover. How about relationships, right? Relationships. Am I building, building that up, building them up? Let me see if I can read this. What relationships am I building that help move me to my purpose and as well as others. Let me put it in my words, because I can't read backwards like that. In the relationships that I have, am I lifting people up? Are they tearing me down? Is it toxic, or is it something else? Is it uplifting or not? Evaluate your relationships. What about this? What about my past experiences? Think about that. What about our past experience? If you look at your memory verse today, let's pull that up here. What do we got on our memory verse today? 
For he comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God gives us. You know what? A lot of times, a lot of us have some rough things in our past, and I never minimize that. But you know what? God can bring you through that and help somebody else that's getting ready to go into that. When I sit down with people, you know what? It wasn't a big deal about money until I didn't have none. Guess what? I look at it different. It wasn't a big deal until I got sick. Now it's a big deal. You see what I mean? When we go through different things like that, when we go through these things, God doesn't cause these things. God can use these things. Amen. And he can use those things to draw us close to himself and also to use our life to impact those around us. Amen. Let me tell you, let us be used by God. How about this? Am I being obedient? When God nudges me, am I doing what he asked me to do? Is he asking me to give? Is he asking me to go? Is he asking me to stay? Is he asking me to pray? How many people invited somebody this week? I encourage you, invite one person next week. And if you want to do 10, that's okay too. Invite somebody. Invite somebody. Why do you got to invite somebody? Because don't you want them to be with you in heaven? Don't you want them to know about the message? Don't you want them to, to know that, that God loves them and to know that they're just passing through? Man, when I'm dealing with folks and they're dealing with some heavy-duty issues, I want to remind them that we're just passing through. We're just passing through. Amen. Look at this. What are the spiritual gifts that God has given me? This will help you right here. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. The Lord has given us each a gift to contribute to the growth of the body of Christ. It could be the gift of teaching, showing mercy, compassion, the gift of wisdom, discernment, serving, shepherding, helping, all those things. Maybe it's hospitality. Maybe it's evangelism. Maybe it's the gift of faith. But I'm going to tell you what. You say, I don't have a gift. Well, God says you do. And it might take a little bit to discover that, but as we seek him, and here, here's some ways that maybe the God will reveal these things to you, okay? Let's talk about that, and we're bringing it home. How about this? Where have people encouraged me at? Maybe somebody else sees something in your life, and they go, man, you know what? You're not a worship leader? Hey, man, you know what? You're not a Sunday school teacher? Hey, you know what? I really appreciate the way you step up and help out some of the seniors or whatever the case is. Hey, you know, I really appreciate the way that you help in the children's church or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So listen to that. What other people, especially from a godly perspective, are encouraging. When I got called to preach, the Lord laid it on my heart. I needed a billboard sign. And when I went to talk to people that were speaking into my life, you know what they said? They said, we was wondering when you were going to respond to that. I didn't know. We're sitting here today, maybe we don't know. But I know when the Lord kept tugging me and tugging me and tugging me, and I know that I could not get enough of his word. I mean, all the time, man. I've got books everywhere. I'm reading the Bible. I'm looking. I'm asking questions. I'm putting uh, 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 scriptures on little cards like this, and I got them in my pocket at work. And I'm not trying to be somebody else. I'm trying to get close to my Lord. i got a hunger to know more about him. That's what's going on. I'm reading this, and I'm going to sleep with things in my ears, earbuds, and listening to preaching and everything else. Not for anybody else other than I want to know Jesus more. And then as I know Jesus more, he's revealing things that I can help other people. I can encourage other people, right? And the way I do it might not be like you do it. And the way she does it might not be like she does it. But it's okay. It's okay. Because everybody's got a gift. So today, in this portion right here, pray and ask God, what is my purpose? What is my purpose to serve you while I'm on this earth during this time? 
It could be your business. It could be teaching. It could be helping the kids. It could be helping your neighbor. I don't know. You know, I don't think it has to be this big grand thing that you stop everything else and do. Maybe it's that you're a praying mama. Maybe you're a grandma. I got, you know, Becky that comes in. We switch uh, the pulpit back and forth sometime from uh, Pure Water Ministry and also over uh, Shoreline. She said, well, I know one thing. I have been praying and praying and praying. She said, I think she's got four or five grandchildren. She said, I don't want to leave here. I said, Lord, I don't want to leave here until I know every one of them know you. Amen. She's holding on to that promise. She says, I'm not leaving. Lord, I want to stay. I want all my grandbabies to be with me in heaven and be with you in heaven. I'm going to do whatever I can. She takes her, uh, one of her granddaughters to, to high school. And guess what they do with grandma? Every day when she rides her to, to, to school, they do a devotion in the car. Before they get out of the car, grandma, I'm going to pray for you. Woo, come on, man. She is sowing that seed back into the next generation, man. She is standing on those promises. She says, one of my purposes is this, that you know what? I want everybody in my family saved. How about you? I want my neighbors saved. I want the guys at work that saved. I, I want the people that, that don't treat me right. I still want them saved. How about you? I want them to know Jesus. I don't want anybody to end up on the short end of the stick. How about you guys? And so many times we get wrapped around the wheel and we get in a blind spot. I want to share about where this message came from. The other day, I was talking to Chris and Michael, and we were talking about the crowns of life and different things and kind of talking about this message. And I had a book, the, the study book, that I had a lot of things underlined, and I was like, man, I want to find that book. And I went to look for it. I didn't have it. I probably loaned it out or something. So I said, just see if you can find where that book is. You know, I know Amazon will give it the next day, but you know what I want to do? I want it now. How about y'all? I want it now. He said, well, they got one at... Uh, uh, Barnes & Noble over in Hampton. I said, cool. So I went over there, went to Barnes & Noble, and uh, I said, hey, I want to I get a book, you know, something. I said, okay. Yep, we got, we got it. We got one. I said, okay. We went over there, and we're in the Bibles. And she said, you know what's funny? Y'all ready for this? Do you know the number one stolen book in the bookstore is? The Bible. Oh, I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, well, maybe. She, she said, I'm telling you. I said, well, good. Maybe they'll open up and read and bring it back. Well, guess what? Somebody moved my book, right? Because the one that they had, we couldn't find. But it gave me an opportunity to talk to her about Jesus. I said, let me ask you a question. If you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? She said, oh, no, sir. I said, why is that? She said, I got some, I got some shady past. I said, yeah, me too. I said, but Jesus died on the cross for us. And she said, I love the Lord. Had a head condition, but the heart condition. So I went back and I shared the gospel message with her and talked to her about Jesus. I didn't put her in a headlock to make a prayer or anything. I said, you've got the pieces of the puzzle. I said, my prayer is you won't go to sleep tonight without receiving the gift of God. She says, you know, I really appreciate that. She said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the other place in Newport News because they, I think they got one. They have one. Put my name on it. I went there. We'll get to the story here. Boom. I go get it. I pick it up. I'm coming out. And when I'm coming out in my blind side, I see a guy. Because you know I'm watching all the time. Watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. I see a guy in the parking lot. And he sees me seeing him. And he goes, hey. Now, I could have kept walking. But I was thinking about this message. See, Jesus says, you know what? If you give somebody a cup of water in my name, that's a blessing. And the guy said, hey. He said, you got any money? I said, Rrr. I said, hey, man, what's going on? He said, I'm homeless. I said, well, how can I pray for you? He said, I'm homeless. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting it. 
I said, okay, man. I said, so what's going on? And, then, and I said, hey, I'd really like to pray for you, man. He said, I really just need the money. And in my spirit, click. I would never go, well, I tell you what, you let me pray for you. I get it. No. I said, that's no problem. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm going to give you both, bro. He said, I, I appreciate that. Can I just have the money? I said, let me understand this. You, you would pass up the blessing to get the money. He goes, look, man, I just need the money. I said, okay. Had a few dollars. I said, here you go, brother. I said, look at me, look at me. Look at me. I said, you could have had both, right? And I said, let me tell you something. I'm still going to be praying for you. I'm still going to be praying for you, man. I said, but you know what? Be safe. I hope things turn around for you. And as I walked off, the Lord was really showing me about the blind spot. And you know what the Lord showed me when I got in my car? He said, we're just like him. You ready for this? We get looking at the house, the car, the this, the that, and everything else. And we go, I'll get back with you later, Lord. See, he drew it right on down. Buddy, you got some blind spots. Guess what? We got some blind spots. Guess what? We got some blind spots as the church. I said, I don't want no blind spots. Check your blind spots. It hurt my heart. I'm not better than this guy. I'm not at anything. But he was to a point in his life that all he saw is, I need the money, man. No, we need Jesus. And Jesus will provide the money. And even when I told him, I said, I'm going to give you both, man. I'd love to pray for you. And he was very cordial. And he looked at me kind of like, man, I really just want the money. Now, could I went ahead and prayed for him? Absolutely. But his heart wasn't open to that. But when I gave him the money and I told him anyway, hey, man, you know, no problem. But guess what? I'm still going to be praying for you. And as I walked away, all the way back to the, he says, hey, yo, man. I said, yeah, he goes, I appreciate that. See, I believe the Holy Spirit was tugging on his heart. I didn't go beat him with the Bible. I didn't tell him he's going to hell or anything else. I didn't say any of those things. I just said, man, can I pray for you? And I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray for that guy today. Lord, I pray that, that wherever that man is, that you put people in his life in the mighty name of Jesus to show him the love that he has for you. Amen. Well, let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing okay? So my purpose that day was to get out of the way and let God use me, right? How about you guys? Every day we have an opportunity. I'm going to go through a few of these things here. Now, this is really where I wanted to get to, okay? But I had to unpack a few things to get here. <clears throat> Early on, we talked about the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat. I swear, I, I, I said a little bit about that. So look at this, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says this. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please God. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the goal, for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Is he talking about salvation? No. No. He's talking about our rewards on how we served. Please don't mistake this. I'll say it again, and I want to make sure. We are saved only by grace through faith. Putting our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. Don't belittle what Jesus did by trying to work your way to heaven. It's not going to happen. However, how many people love their folks? Right? You love your mom and dad? Don't you like to be pleasing to them? 
right? Guess what? If you blow it, you still, you're still their kid. But I'd rather say, man, but say, hey, man, you know what? I, I appreciate that, right? Let's look at it from that. This judgment, the Bema seat that we're talking about, is the judgment for the believer, not for their sins. Everybody with me? I, I know I'm repeating it. Not for their sins, but the how we served, okay? How we served the Lord, all right? Let's take a look at this. Matter of fact, the term for, for Bema seat actually means there, there's an investigation, Right? There's an investigation. And then, are we faithful to our calling? Are we faithful to serving the Lord? It's not about your salvation, all right? It's about walking in what God has for us. Let's take a look at this here. I want to give you some more to make sure that you understand we're secure in the Lord. What does Romans 6, 23 says? For the wages of sin and death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Didn't say you're going to work for it, right? We're good on this, right? I'm going to drive it home. Ephesians 2, 8, right? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Everybody with me? You're not working your way to heaven. Okay, you said, well, why do we got to give an account for that? Because you know what? Jesus Christ eradicated your sin and my sin on the cross, poured his blood out, rose on the third day. It's settled. But guess what? We still want to serve him well. How can he entrust you with more when he can't trust you with a little? Right? He wants to check our motives. You know why? He wants us to check our motives now. Check our motives now. This, this message is about checking our motives now. Look at this. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. This is Jesus talking. You're not going to lose your salvation. This right here, what I'm talking about, is not a salvation message. It is to those that have been saved. It's to those that put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's some accountability, okay? And look at this, my favorite verse, right? Romans says this, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay. I played this one time before. It's a video clip that I found that I think will be very helpful. I'm not saying that it's going to be just like this, but I believe that it will be very helpful to us. Six souls in 
Asia, I called you to repent. Son, where are they? Had you sold me? Had you sold my face? I want to reveal this to you. Everything in regards to that man's call was burned up before the judgment seat of Christ. Accountant Charles, step forward and give an account of your stewardship. Accountant Charles? No, I passed for 35 years. I, I, I had a membership of 750 people, but Accountant Jones, I called you to the marketplace. Had you done this? You would have significantly impacted two people. You and those two men would have helped churches with their finances. And those churches would have impacted 751,321 souls. If you would have sought me, I would have revealed this to you. And again, in regards to this man's calling, everything he's done in life will be burned up. Did you notice that it said your calling? It did not say your salvation. I've said that about 20 times so far. I want to make sure we understand, right? So this is what I want us to see. It's important for us to get that wake-up call, right? To finish big. Look at this. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. What does it say? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus Christ did not come and lay his life down, pour out his blood, and rise on the third day for your comfort. 
or my comfort. He did that because he loved you and he set you in the family and he wants to use your life. That should be exciting. So today, I don't want, I don't want us to be upset. I want us to be excited. Man, I'm glad I heard about that today because you know what? If I need to make some course corrections, I want to do it today and tomorrow. Man, I'm so glad because I know that, you know what, God has got something for me. And if I seek the Lord, he's going to show me what it is. Had you sought me, I'd have shown you. God's not saying, well, no, that's not it. Well, no, that's not it. But what we do is, you know, I can't believe this based on, on what I see and read, that, that, that God has called us to save all this big money and everything is shoving under our mattress and not help anybody else. A lot of people get wrapped around a wheel on money. How about your time and your talent? How about you serving? How about you doing that? You know? What about Tuesday nights, Bible study, right? This is not to come down on anybody. Please understand this. This is to give us an opportunity for the wake-up call because I love you. I want us to finish big, man. And guess what? Didn't he say you're accountable? I'm accountable for this message. I'm accountable. <laughs> Buddy, you didn't tell them. Buddy, you didn't tell them. I was going to use that church on Nine Cedar Road to impact millions of people, and you never told them. That's not going to happen. I'm telling you, and I'm praying with you, and we're going to come alongside of each other, and we're going to share this, and we're going to do this in joy. This should be, oh, man, we're going to run that race, man. Let's flip the switch. Let's run that race. I want to finish big, man. Amen. You know, last thing my dad told me, press on. Last words my dad told me, press on. Look forward to pressing in to what God has. So keep doing what you're doing. Many of y'all heard that. I won't go through the whole story about keep the promise. A man on his deathbed said, buddy, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And if a man on his deathbed could speak into my life and see what God can do and transform through, I'll be honest with you, half the time partial obedience because I'm not going to tell you I'm obedient all the time. Is anybody here? And look how he's touched lives. And churches on the other side of the world, man, I'm not going to settle for halfway finishing. How about you? I don't want you guys to settle. You don't need to settle. Man, look at this. For we are God's work, handy, handiwork. Sometimes it says masterpiece, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in us in advance for us to do. I want to give you some more to think about. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 3.13. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if the person's work had any value. If I spend my whole life wasting my time not thinking about the things of God, helping other people, doing different things like that, that does not get me to heaven. I'm saved by what Jesus did. But guess what? When we stand before the Lord, you might say, Derek, you know what? You helped that guy at work, man. You brought him to church. And you know what? Because you brought him to church, he's on fire for the Lord. And his whole family got saved. Well done, good and faithful servant. How about that? Think about that. Mike, you know what? You took some time and helped that little old lady fix her screen porch, man. And you know what? Because you fixed her screen porch, she didn't fall off and break her leg. And she was around for another two years. And all her family saved. So don't get wrapped around the big picture. Trust him in the little picture. Because I'm telling you, man, it all works together. It all works together. Who would have thought that? I can tell you right now, I never, ever thought going to visit my friend's dad on his deathbed would transform my life. Buddy, buddy, just keep doing what you're doing. You got to promise me. You got to promise me. He's got tears in his eyes. This is some of the last thing he said to his family. He looks for me, and God, I know God had put that on his heart. And we get to see some of the fruit today. But guess what? God's put it on my heart to share this with you. Yes. 
Think about that. You saw from the, the film. Now, I'm just saying that that's, I think that's a good way to kind of capture some of it. Then they said, well, I've never been on a mission trip. I've never done these things. I've never done that, right? He said, I didn't call you to do that. You saw it, man. I told you, you raised them kids for me. And because of those kids had the foundation and were grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ, they impacted lives everywhere. Because you're a believer, are you impacting lives in your family? Because you're a believer, are you impacting folks at the grocery line? Right? How about that? Are you impacting people at the workplace? When, you, when, you, when you're Christmas shopping, how about that? Now, I'm going to tell you what, Black Friday shopping, that'll trust you, won't it? <laughs> give me that, give me that, right? You know? But think about that. Can I ask you a question? What do you think about this? Does it make sense? Are you glad you heard about it? Are you glad you heard about it? Amen. Let's keep on going. Matthew 16, 19, 20. Don't store up treasures here on the earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Man, I, I had somebody ask me the other day, hey, you playing any music? Yes, I'm playing it for the Lord. God's not sending me to heaven because I play a few songs for him. But because he's blessed me with that, I'm going to play it for him. Right? If you cook, cook for Jesus. If you sing, sing for Jesus. If you whistle, whistle for Jesus. I don't know, man. And whatever you do. You know, a lot of guys talk about going hunting. You know what? Invite somebody with you when you're going hunting and tell them about God. Tell them about Jesus. I believe every day we have some opportunities. How about that? And I believe as we ask God to show us those opportunities, we go, man, I've been missing these opportunities. Because you know what? So many times we never check our blind spot. We never check our blind spot. So today, you know, think about it. What has the Lord called us to do? What will we have at the end? Now, we're going to go in if we're believers and we put our faith and trust in Christ. Can you imagine that? Fire, and they put all the stuff that you've done right there. And so much of it was for self-gain, your own motives, look at me. Selfishness. You know, I think the number one thing for sin is selfishness. We just get selfish, don't we? We want to take a shortcut. We want it our way. We want this and everything else. And so that boils down. And maybe there's just a small amount of good things. Man, okay. Today you're hearing a message that we can make a course correction. It's a wake-up call. If you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, today do so. By calling on the name of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection, right? Jesus Christ poured out his blood for us. He gave his life. He lived a sinless life. You say, buddy, what must I do to be saved? Believe what I just told you. Look it up in God's word. Look what we just shared on the verse back there, right? For the wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is through Jesus Christ for eternal life, Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You got to believe that. So while you're sitting here right now, you can ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin, come into your life and put your faith and trust in that. I'm not talking about mumbling a prayer. I'm not talking about saying, okay, well, you told me to say it. I'm talking about to make a commitment to Christ and say, Lord, today, right here, right now. You might have prayed 20 different times. I thought you were saved. I want to make sure you are. 
Today's the day. Lord, I believe you're the son of God. I believe what the scriptures say, that you were my sin substitute. You came and paid my price in full for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Have you asked him into your life? Have you, have you made it personal? Not just lip service, but a heart commitment. And I'm going to tell you, when it's a heart commitment, people are going to know it's a heart commitment because it's going to change the way you do life. It changes the way you do life. You and I will still mess up. Okay? We will still miss the mark. But God says, turn from that. Repent means to turn from that and turn back to God. And he says, you know what? I got you covered. That's it. But what I hope today you hear is this, that there is one way to heaven, and it's through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's because of his grace and mercy and what he's did for us on the cross, coming and laying his life down. There had to be a sacrifice. There had to be the perfect sacrifice. And he was that. And on the third day, he rose. The blood that he poured out purchased us out of our sin debt. But you got to believe it. you got to receive it. And when you do that, ask the Lord, come into my life. I believe you're the son of God. Lord, today, today is my day. I don't know about last week, whatever, but today I'm trusting you, Lord. If that's you today, tell somebody. Say, you know what? I'm trusting the Lord today. It clicked today. I heard it a hundred times, but it clicked today. I'm grabbing hold of it today. Then guess what? Ask the Lord to help you through the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life that is pleasing to him. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much that as we know, we have blind spots. Lord, you can shine the light in those areas of our life to help us, Lord. We want to finish big. We want to live a life. Today, we, we had the wake-up call. We heard about the, the, the giving and the pouring out and, and, and how the, we have to stand and give account of our, of our motives and our actions as believers. But Lord, thank you that we do not have to worry about our sin when we're in you. Thank you that that has been separated as far as the east is from the west, that you buried them in the sea forgetfulness. I say it every week. I say it to myself many times throughout the day. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Lord, nothing can separate us from your love. But Lord, I'm grateful that you give us a message like this so that we are prepared, not scared, we are prepared and, and to give account, Lord, that we run that race, that we push in and we press on to the mark, Lord, to finish good. We want to have a life that's pleasing to you. And Lord, when we deviate from your plan, please help us to get back on track. Lord, I pray that today that folks hear this message out of love, that they apply this to their life. Lord, my prayer all week, I even asked the team to pray for me today, to let them hear you. So, Father, I pray that you were glorified today. I pray that you take this message and transform the lives of the people that I love and that you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you got any questions about what you heard today, shoot us a text, send us an email. We love you. Amen. Give